Welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam. This is the podcast for dedicated amateur runners who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. Today, I spoke with David Principe. David is an avid and very accomplished amateur runner. He actually is a marathoner who has hit 242, uh, 116 and a half marathon, and has almost broken 17 minutes in the 5K. Uh, David turned 50 uh, this year, but is still running um, better than ever. So he is, uh, has a great story to tell about how he went from basically an occasional runner at most in his 20s to uh, an everyday runner in his 30s. And as you can tell from his PRs, he is uh, really something else. And on top of that, we also get into parenting, which is a a new one here on the the Rambling Runner podcast. David is the father of DJ Principe, who is going to be a freshman at Stanford this this fall. DJ nearly broke the four-minute mile as a high school senior this past year uh, at LaSalle Academy here in Providence, Rhode Island. So we talk a little bit about parenting styles and um, what it was like uh, bringing up uh, DJ. I actually uh, ran against both of them in various races uh, over the past decade. So we really got into that, and it was a a really fun conversation. That's for sure. Uh, Before we get into the episode, I do want to let you know about a recent purchase I made. Here, um, as I'm getting ready uh, to run in the fall and winter, as everyone knows, the days get a little shorter, especially for an early morning runner like myself. Um, I'm basically running in pitch darkness the entire time. So I've had various reflector vests and gear like that over time. And, you know, they they, they do the job, but they haven't been... um, I guess they haven't done exactly what I wanted them to do. So I was really excited. Uh, about a week ago, I purchased the Tracer 360, which is um, from Knox Gear. You can find it at uh, www.noxgear.com. That's N-O-X-G-E-A-R.com. Basically, it's a strap that goes around your lower chest, kind of upper belly, right below your best breastbone. And then it has an LED, two LED light tubes that go... Basically, go around your shoulders like a backpack in a way. It's extremely light. Uh, it fits great, and with the LED lights, it you know it basically glows. So it has 15 different colors. It fits great. It's extremely light. I've been wearing it for the past week, and uh, I'm over the moon about it. So I've recommended it to a couple of different runner friends of mine, and they're actually. Uh, here to give a, a deal for members of the Rumble, Rambling Runner podcast family. So if you go on to knoxgear.com and then you type in the code RAMBLERUN, that's R-A-M-B-L-E-R-U-N, RAMBLERUN, at checkout, you'll get 35% off um, what you purchase. So I would definitely give it a shot. Uh, if for no other reason, then, hey, it's important to stay safe. So um, the other thing is it's nice to have it for the winter conditions because it goes over the top of coats and whatever you're wearing to stay warm in the winter. So um, that's the end of that. I do recommend checking it out. Um, as always, you can get onto the Rambling Runner podcast fan page on Facebook. Um, that's always a good spot. Also, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Chittam. That's M-A-T-T-C-H-I-T-T-I-M. That's the end of this intro. Let's get into the podcast. David Principe, happy running, everybody. Welcome back to the Rambling Runner podcast. Dave Principe, David Principe, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I uh, So 
you might not know this because I was just another runner in the crowd, but I have seen you running for a while, being a local Rhode Islander as well. And I think that the lasting image for me, which I think it might have been seven or eight years ago, was seeing you and your son, who at the time must have been 12 or 13, at the starting line directly in front of me. And I'm trying to remember the race. I, ever since I contacted you a couple weeks ago, I, I've been racking my brain. I can't think of it. But just the two of you just taking off. And I'm sitting there like, all right, here's this guy who looks like a bodybuilder and this little kid, and they are just streaking away from me. So that was my <laughs> first introduction to the Prince of B family. Yeah, you know, we used to uh, we used to go up to a lot of races together, and back when I could keep up with him, or or I used to pace him a lot when he was really young, and uh, those days are long gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, how long have you been running for, Dave? Oh, geez, let's see. I, uh, I, you know, I was a runner in high school, and then you know, went to college and basically didn't run. Uh, I took sixteen years off from running, and. Just you know, did the the normal lifestyle thing that we run as uh, nowadays, you know, forget. And uh, I had uh, before my kids were born, I had put on a few pounds, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to start running again. I think that was back in either 2000 or 2001, and um, basically just started running to lose a little weight again. And I don't know, maybe it took six or eight months or something like that. And all of a sudden. Uh, I was like, hey, I'm pretty quick again. Hey, you know, let me let me jump in a race. And I think I've been pretty much running uh, almost every day pretty, pretty much since then. I, I don't take too many days off here. They're just schedule-wise. But uh, so it's, I don't know, 17 years now, I guess. Wow. So what are your mid, mid to late 40s now? No, I'm 50. So You're I hit 50? The new, uh, My I hit, goodness. He, oh, yeah. You don't look 50, David. I got to be honest. Thank you, you know, very much. I'm not trying much. to suck up to you. You don't look 50. <laughs> No, I, I turned 50 uh, December 29th, uh, you know, at the end of last year. And uh, actually, I had been looking forward to it because I was tired of getting beat by 40-year-old guys. So it was great. Oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, all right. So I got the question because this has actually been a, a running theme with a lot of the amateur runners we've had on the Rambling Runner podcast is this idea of I was a, you know, active kid. But then, you know, life happens, and all of a sudden I'm taking 5, 10, 15 years off from running. Then I got back into it, and then really, really diving headfirst into it for an extended period of time. So when you had that sabbatical, basically for, you know, if you took if you stopped running in, your, in high school and then kind of got back into it in your, you know, what, beginning of your 30s, did you have things that you were doing in the meantime that kind of kept you fit? that allowed you to, when you started back into running, were able to kind of build from a pretty good base? Yeah, I went to the gym pretty much during that time frame. You know, you get into your 20s and, uh, you know, you uh, have different priorities and running sometimes uh, as a young kid, you know, you, you get labeled as probably the, the nerdy sport. And as a 20-year-old, you rebel and, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I went to the gym quite a bit during those days and just lifted weights with my friends and did things like that. And, then, uh, you know, you get married and then you do nothing for a little while. And then all of a sudden you're just dying to get back into something. And, uh, you know, running for me, I still always ran a little in during those rough years, but it was really like only in the summertime or I'd just go out for a run just to clear your head or just for, uh, you know, you just felt like it for whatever reason. Um, so when you all of a sudden get to a point where, you know, 
seems like I hear the weight loss story quite a bit. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't by any means, uh, you know, greatly overweight, but, you know, just wasn't comfortable where I was at that point. And running is the easiest way and the quickest way to take it off, and you don't have to join a gym, and you can walk out your front door and have your gym right there. And uh, next thing you know, you just kind of get back into it again. I, I think the big thing, too, though, is you, you join a club. If you find a club and you make friends in the in the community, it, everything else just comes easy after that. That's a great point. I know you're currently on the in the Tuesday Night Turtles running club here in Rhode Island. Is that the club that you started um, way back, going back to the 2000s? Yeah, actually, I'm I'm a dual club member for the first time this year. When I uh, when I turned 50, uh, I wanted to be on on a team that competed in the USATF Grand Prix series. And, uh, you know, I've been a turtle since 2002, I believe. I was actually the president of the club for, oh, I think it was seven years. Um, you know, then kind of went to DJ's uh, running career in, in high school, kind of started monopolizing some of my time. I, I kind of stepped down. Um, but I'm a, I'm a member of the CMS, uh, Central Mass Striders, uh, you know, 40 and over, 50 and over teams. So any USATF race that I go do, I, I run for them. And then naturally back here, you know, once a turtle, always a turtle. So we, uh, that's, you know, more, more of the social club. You know, we, we all get together on Tuesdays and Sundays and we have a great time, but we don't have enough members to field, you know, a seniors team or a master's team. Well, you guys are a little bit more than a social club. Cause I follow you on Strava, David, and a 16 mile <laughs> run is a little bit more than just a social club. <laughs> well, social, social being we talk while we run. There you go. There you go. So, all right. So, so take, so take me back. All right. So you're, you get back into running, right? There's that inflection point. It's like, I want to get back into it. I want to start feeling good, feeling a little better, shed some weight. But as anybody who's ever gone to the gym or done any sort of athletic pursuit, especially later in life knows it's, it's easy to start. It's not necessarily easy to stick with it once it gets hard or once you get sore or once the initial honeymoon period of that, endeavor fades away so what for you kept you involved especially early on well i mean i was fortunate enough to have a a little bit of natural talent so that always makes it a little bit easier if it comes easy to you and um myself i've been very fortunate uh i I don't really get injured very often um i'm a pretty high mileage guy and I'm, i'm pretty durable i think some of that might come from taking some time off and also, some of that weightlifting I did when I was when I was younger, I'm a little more durable than you know some of my thinner, faster friends. But uh, the uh, you know if you can stay injury free and it's not painful and and you enjoy it, and then naturally it's like anything else. If if you're good at something, you you tend to want to do it a little bit more. Right, absolutely. And if do you know off the top of your head what some of your PRs are? Sure. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm. I pretty much know what all of them are. <laughs> uh, I can. I'm. I'm one of those ones where I, I can. I can spit out all the race times from pretty much any race I've run over the last uh, ten years. But uh, uh, you know, starting later on in life, I set the bar pretty. Uh, you know, pretty low. So that works out pretty well for setting PRs when you're 50. Um, I think my my 10 mile PR is 50 58.05 or 58.08. Half marathons, one sixteen. I think it was thirty nine. 
Um, so that's just now, below six-minute mile pace? Uh, yeah, yep. It's like, what, 5.52 or something like that. Uh, my marathon PR is uh, 2.42. And the lower stuff... Uh, you know, it's funny, uh, my, I, um, my my buddy Bob Jackman and I would joke all the time that, you know, I just can't seem to go any faster, but I can always go further. So, like, my 5K time, I, I've never broken 17 minutes in a 5K, which is one of those mind-baffling things for me. But uh, I don't really train for it either and try to pursue it too often, but it's still uh, one of those goals that I'm going to get sooner or later. Um, so I've, I've run, like, 17.02 probably five times. <laughs> And I saw you, we ran uh, in the run for carry run together. I say together in that we were in the same race. We weren't exactly running <laughs> side by side. Um, and you ran that around, what, 540 mile pace? Yeah, yeah. I ran, uh, oh, I was, uh, was it 2340, I mean, I'm sorry, 2240, 2247, I believe. All right. So let me ask you a question because anyone who's ever seen you run, knows that, and you've already alluded to it, you do not have the typical runner's body, especially a high <laughs> mileage runner um, by any stretch. You are much, you know, you're, you look more like uh, a football player than a runner, especially for someone who's 50 years old. So first of all, is that something that you still have to maintain? And do you view that as a strength in your running or something that doesn't have a lot of impact? It's really a double-edged sword. Um like I said before, I've, I've been very fortunate that I don't really get injured too often. Um, you know, I can I can bang out 15 miles a day for four or five days straight and still not, you know, feel too uh, too sore or have anything pull on me or, or you know have achy knees or anything like that. But at the same point, I struggle with keeping the weight down at a, a level where it keeps me fast. So. I, I count calories. I, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm an Italian, so we sit there and eat every time you turn around. There's food on the table, and I really have no self control whatsoever. So if you put a plate of cookies in front of me, I'll eat the whole thing. But uh, you know, it, I can relate I, I to that, to, David. Yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah, I just had four or five oatmeal cookies, and then I had a dish ice cream. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's uh, it's just one of those things for me. I need to keep track of it. If I can stay in that like 164 to 166 range, I can put up some pretty decent times. And then once I hit 170, I become a little bit slower and, and it, you know, it, it's not where I like being. Um, but at the same point in time, I think sometimes that having that little bit of extra weight on me and having a little bit of muscle tone and so on and so forth, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not heavy. It's just, you know, muscles a, a little heavier than fat. And, uh, Right, it just right. looks different, but it uh, you know it, it may keep me injury free. So I I kind of toss between both. I'd love to be 159 pounds. That would make me the happiest guy on the planet. I, but uh, yeah, that's just too hard to maintain. Now, do you feel like it affects you differently depending on which race you're going for? You know, say a half marathon versus a five miler or a 5k. Yeah, the the the, the 10k and below stuff. It it I, that's where I feel it the most. You know, if I'm only a, you know, a few pounds heavier than I normally would like to be and it's 10 miles or up, I, I don't see too big of a difference. But the 10K and down stuff, the stuff that you got to go fast for, or even just doing track workouts and, you know, things of that nature, uh, you know, I, I always feel it more when, when I'm 
you know, when, I'm, when you know you've cheated for two weeks straight and <laughs> you've gone to whatever, however many parties and cookouts and so on and so forth, uh, you know, that extra pounds, I feel it more in that short stuff. So you have excellent PRs. I mean, you are a, you know, a distinguished amateur runner, that's for sure, especially around right. here. And and with that in mind, do you have – have you ever had worked with a coach to help figure out the best way for you to train, or how have you put together your training plans over time to get you to that level? Well, years ago when I first got into the Tuesday Night Turtles, uh, Ray Nelson uh, was, was my coach for a while. Um, so I learned a lot from Ray. Uh, learned a lot from the guys in the club. It's, you know, there's a, a whole plethora of guys in, in, in the Tuesday Night Turtles that have been around for years, and some of the guys are a little bit older now. But boy, when you talk to them and hear some of their PRs, uh, so just picking up little bits and pieces along the way, and, and being coached by Ray was was a big help. And then, you know, as time goes on, it's hard to to get coached when uh, you know if you're working and you have kids and your lifestyle just changes and things like that. So I, I kind of just started reading up on things, uh, you know, for the marathon, one of my, you know, standby books was, uh, advanced marathon by marathoning by Pete Fitzinger. So I've been following some variation of that program for years. And just over the years, you know, like Bob Jackman and I, we kind of tweak things and work together and just kind of come up with our own way of doing things. And what do you feel like, you know, now that you wish you had known 15, 17 years ago? Oh boy! Uh, uh, well, I tell you what. Go back even further. I wish I'd known that I I could work as hard as I do now. I wish I worked that hard when I was a kid. So you know, when you especially going back in the old high school days or whatever, I got I. You know, everybody thinks those are your greatest, uh, you know, greatest periods of your life. And I've trained harder over the last seventeen years than I think I ever did in four years of high school. And it, it would have been nice to know what might have been. Do you feel like that sort of regret is part of the reason you're able to really kind of to put to put in that effort now? Because you look at it, what what could have been in the past? Yeah, sometimes you sit back and and, and there's more of a I don't know if regret's the right word, but I, I I do wonder every so often, especially you know when I when I see my son doing the things that he did, you uh, you turn around and say, well, you know, he gets it from somewhere, and uh, you know, probably his mom, but the uh, you know, <laughs> the. The the wonder is always there every so often, but uh, I just really like competing. It's uh, it's nice to to still be 50 years old and be able to go outside every day, and whether it's in the winter time or the summertime, and you know get out in the fresh air and uh, be able to push your body. I I still like that that feeling of competing. I I don't know how you know certain guys that uh, I'm either friendly with or work with that aren't in the running community. You know, wintertime comes and they stay in the house all winter long. That would drive me absolutely insane. I'm, you know, I'm a very active person, not just with the running. You know, I like to wakeboard and we, we go jet skiing and we do things like that. So I want to be on the go every minute. So this is just another way to, you know, another avenue to get that, you know, that release. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like people who have that, I don't know. It's almost like an inborn characteristic, right? We all know people, and shoot, sounds like you're one of them, that is just naturally on the go, always wants to be moving, whereas there's certain people who are kind of the other end of the spectrum, and some people are in the middle. Like I'm kind of in the middle. I, I need to exercise, but at the same time, it's easy for me to go overboard in one day, and I'll get super tired, right? So sure. I'm kind of in the middle, I guess, on that spectrum. But I feel, But for you, 
looking at some of the runners who are around your level, do you feel like they're mostly kind of wired the same way you are in terms of the constant motion, constant activity? Yeah, I think so. I think we're all pretty type A personality too. So, you know, if, if once you uh, you set your mind to something, you know, I, I'm I'm a big proponent. You know, if if I have my schedule laid out in front of me, something has to really go wrong for me to not follow through with what I've got scheduled for the next two days, three days, two weeks, whatever whatever it may be. Um, I always say all the time, I, I like to thrive on what I call manageable stress. So I I actually enjoy being stressed out just that little bit where it's you know you got to fit this in and you know I, if we're supposed to go out for dinner at, at six o'clock I try to make sure I get home from work on time and get it done and when you accomplish that it just kind of makes you feel like you you know like all right yeah I'm, I'm getting this done I'm getting this done what, what I don't like is when you get to the unmanageable part you know if something happens at work where you got to work later or uh, you know well my kids aren't home anymore but when they were home there was always some function you had to go to that interfered with you know, your schedule, you have to rearrange things. Um, when it's manageable, it, as long as you can fit it in, I don't mind it being stressful. And I, I think a lot of the guys I run with are kind of the same way. Everybody wants to get their run in. And, you know, I've I've told people, hey, yeah, I'll come to your birthday party an hour late because i got to fit my run in. As long yeah, as you get so it for in. you – so for you doing having that sort of type A mentality on, from your scheduling perspective, do you feel like that also relates itself to um, kind of your running times? Like, are you a very goal oriented person when it comes to running? Do you have you have specific goals you want to reach every season or certain times that you want to get for every every event? You've already mentioned you know the kind of seventeen minute barrier for the five k. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm very goal oriented. Uh, you know, almost uh, I really will not toe the line without some kind of, sort of purpose. Um, I I'm not very good at laying it up. So, you know, I, I've got other friends of mine like, oh, I just did that race as a workout. That doesn't work for me. I I don't have that kind of self control. Um, so pretty much I try to evaluate what my fitness level is. And when I go out and I toe the line, I make sure that I'm going to accomplish something worthwhile doing it. Otherwise, I don't, you know, I don't really want to put it out there. I'd rather, you know, keep my mileage up and get a workout in because, you know, now you have to recover from that day and you got to tape it before the day. And next thing you know, you go do a race that you're not really prepared to do and you just lost three days of training, even though you did, you know, one little 5K for argument's sake. Um, I, I just don't... Uh, I, I don't like racing when I'm not in race shape, for argument's sake. Um, fortunately, you know, like I said before, I I don't have the the uh, the injury bug, so uh, unless I've just gotten lazy, I'm usually okay to race. Um, so most of the time, if I'm towing the line, I, I have, like I said, I have some sort of goal in mind that you know I'm going to go out and try to achieve it. it. Doesn't have to be a PR every time out because that's just too hard to do. But, uh, you know, you evaluate the weather of the day and come up with a goal that's reasonable and and try to knock it down. There you go. And you mentioned just a second ago that you, the kids are no longer at home. You just moved your son into college. Yeah, he's uh, he left on Sunday. So, uh, actually, he's he's not uh, on, on campus yet. They, uh, they send, he's out at Stanford. So, they they have like a week where they're off campus and then they have a week where they're going to San Diego to train. And then we're going to meet him out there to move him into his dorm in two weeks. So, uh, he's 
out the door, but yet we're going to see him again in two weeks. So it's really hasn't been very traumatic yet. <laughs> um, my daughter is down at the University of South Alabama, and she left, I think it was August 5th. So she's been going already, you know, uh, over a month. So uh, the house is very quiet. So and DJ's running, like you, like you mentioned, DJ's running at Stanford, which is obviously an incredible honor. Uh, anyone who follows running at all or sports in any level you knows knows the uh, pedigree that Stanford has. So, again, I meant, I started this podcast by talking about my first experience seeing both of you at the starting line, you at the time like a foot taller than DJ, and then seeing you guys sprint off. So, obviously, your son is a very accomplished runner. He's you know done amazing things in the state of Rhode Island um, from a high school perspective. And I got to ask, because I, it, it, I remember seeing it at that moment, wondering how, how as a parent, is the best way of taking – obviously, DJ was you know, very interested in running. So cultivating that interest but not taking it to the extent where they get burnt out or all of a sudden resent doing the activity. How did sure. you cultivate that in DJ, and how did you approach it as a parent? Well, when, uh, when, when he was young, <clears throat> I was doing the Holy Apostles 5K, and he, I think he was – seven and a half or eight. My daughter was, was eight and a half or nine. Cause they're, they're about 16 months apart. And, uh, she said, Oh, you know, daddy, I'd like to run that 5k with you. So I said, okay. I said, well, when I come in from my, my runs every night, I'll run a couple of miles, you know, I'll run a mile out and back with you. So you can train for a couple of weeks to do that. Well, after about two or three days of her and I doing that, naturally he spoke up and said, well, I want to do it too. And I said, well, you can either run with us during the race or you can run on your own. I said, it's up to you. And he used to come to all the kids' races with me. He, you know, both of the, both my kids did. They would go do the, you know, the 100-yard the dash or the 200-meter or the quarter mile, but never really anything much more than that. And they were involved in baseball and basketball and karate and, and all that stuff. Um, but my son basically didn't train that one stitch, and I think he ran 23.30 for the 5K at seven and a half years old. And I went, ooh. I said, wow, he's, uh, you know, he's got some, some talent here. And I basically told him, forget about running. Come to the kids' races. You can run during the week if you want to do this, but keep playing basketball. Keep doing this. Keep doing that. You know, you know keep playing baseball. Uh, you know, he did karate for 10 years. He's, a black, he's actually a black belt in karate. had done that when he was younger. Um, I made him stick with all that stuff. And then when the time came that he ran – we, I think we started off with CLCF and their little summer program that they had and, and stuff like that. And it was just have fun. Make sure you have fun. And I, was, I would always tell, and I tell all the other parents, if they're having fun, the rest of it will come. I don't care whether you're really talented or not talented. Running is very monotonous. And if there's no fun in it, then especially for a young kid, they'll never do it. So, you know, we, we kept things once he – I think he was in the fifth or sixth grade, and that was when he was like, you know, hey, Dad, I, I, I want to focus more on running. And I said, okay, well, finish basketball this year because next year you're going to go up to the next division, and that's like a you know three-year age gap, and you're going to be the, you know, the four-foot-nine kid who's <laughs> who's at the bottom of the age group. So you know what, we you did the basketball thing, it played out, that's great. Now we can worry about running and, and still do a few other things. And uh, we tried to just keep the variety up. 
went to different trail races. Um, I took them to snowshoe races. Um, we did, you know, uh, different, you know, 5Ks around the area just to get, a, you know, into a different spot or whatever. He trained uh, with the Sentinel Striders for Junior Olympics and, and did that stuff when he was younger. Um, so we got to go do the whole Junior Olympic thing and, and, and you know, have teammates and stuff like that. So we tried to keep it as fresh and as fun as we could. But, uh, you know, there were certainly some, some days where I thought I made a few mistakes. Some of those snowshoe races were absolutely brutal. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to ruin this kid. And, you know, he just took it in stride. And all of a sudden, the next week, it's like, hey, is there a snowshoe race next week? I want to come. And I'm like, oh, gee, there, that one was really bad last week. I thought I lost just, nah, it's all right. I'll do another one. If they're having fun, they'll keep doing it. So that that's a wonderful story. It really is. And as someone who played a lot of sports growing up, I can completely relate to the idea of playing a lot of sports, even if you might be better at one than others. And in the, it seems like in the environment now, there's this rush to kind of accumulate the uh, the ten thousand hours as early as possible, sure, yes. right? To try yep. to, to try to reach that mastery, and the sooner you reach that mastery the better you're going to be. And while that does make some logical sense in a vacuum, that whole idea of kind of linear progress to that ultimate goal, I think anyone who's competed in athletics knows that there's much more to the story than that. Um, so for you, what was the idea behind, hey, I want you to, to do more than just running as opposed to just doubling down on that strength as early as possible? I just really thought that running was going to consume his life at some point in time. And like I said, he always showed that little extra ability. I, you know, I knew he would be good. I didn't know he'd be, you know, I didn't know he'd be trying to break the four minute mile, but, uh, you know, that one came as a shock. Even during high school, I never expected that. But, uh, when he was younger, you know, you, you kind of sit back and you're like, yeah, you know, he's got talent, you know, he'll, he'll be a good Rhode Island guy. You know, maybe he can, uh, Maybe you can get some scholarship money and help him get into a good school, or even if if you don't get scholarship money, at least it'll maybe get you into a better school than you would have gotten without it. So you know you just kind of hope that it progresses into something. But you know, like you said, at the same time, you just really can't push them too much. And it's funny because you know the rumors going around all over Rhode Island was that you know I had him running 120 miles a week when he was seven. So <laughs> the the uh, uh, when I when I tell people you know, hey, don't push them too hard. Let them have some fun. Just that give them what they'll accept. That's different for every kid. You know, my son was a little different where whatever I gave him, he wanted more. And, you know, I just kept giving it to him and little by little. You know, we, we built him up mileage-wise from when he was in the sixth grade. I think he only ran maybe 20 miles a week during cross-country season when he was in the sixth grade. And then in the seventh grade, it was 35 miles a week. And then in the eighth grade, it was 45 miles a week, which for an eighth grade is a lot of miles. But when you build it up over the last three years worth of time, you know, it doesn't become as difficult to do. And it's not as much of a shock all of a sudden. When, like when, when he stepped in the door at LaSalle as a freshman, he was already, you know, running 60 miles a week. And it, it was not a problem for him to keep up with the juniors and the seniors. Yeah, and also when you play those other sports, I feel like it, it allows your body to develop kind of your, your muscles and your ligaments and your tendons in a way that aren't specifically designed for one sport, right? It allows you to strengthen various other yeah, muscles that you might have. You know, yeah. Yeah, especially like you mentioned karate. He's a black belt in karate. That, that obviously 
stresses a lot more uh, than just your vertical plane that you're going to use in your running. Sure. Honestly, the the discipline level of of the karate, which I always really liked, you know, in when, when my son was God, I think it was probably five years old. There are very few sports you can get your child involved in, and my son was driving my wife crazy. <laughs> he was all over the place, bouncing off walls. He wanted to have fun. He wanted to, you know, always be doing something. You know, so you know, it's a little different now. I think here we are, twenty years later or fifteen years later, but back then. There was nothing. The, you know, T-ball, they didn't start until a certain age, and uh, soccer, youth soccer teams didn't start until a certain age, so he, he got involved in, in karate just as a, a thing to go to every Saturday. And the discipline of having to learn all those moves and listen to the sensei and do this and do that, I, I think really helped him, you know, be able to have that work ethic that, that he has now. And, you know, work ethic is something that I think a lot of us type A personality runners have because if you don't you're never going to put the time in it's just a great point that i felt like certain sports just develop it more than others you know yeah and i think another part that some parents struggle with i saw firsthand i coached college basketball and i recruited a lot of high school athletes Mm -hmm. is the and and this is perfectly understandable on some level but it, it, it is potentially destructive is that when parents all of a sudden gain confidence or the the idea of some sort of stature because of their child's accomplishments. And obviously it doesn't sound like that's been, you know, something that's affected you or your family. Um, but for people who are potentially kind of fall into that trap, what advice would you give them? Oh boy. Um, I still think it goes back to, Number one, it's not about you; it's about them, and you know they got to be having fun. And uh, you know there have been certain kids over the years that I, I think one of the comments I always make because you know there are certain parents who are a little bit more aggressive or right in their face. Uh, I'm like, oh my God, can you imagine the discussion at the dinner table tonight? Um, you know, it, it, you shouldn't be, you know, for argument's sake. I, you know, I just heard this this weekend. Oh, yeah, you know, when my son doesn't have a good race, I look at him and I say, you know, wow, what happened out there? You look terrible. And I'm like, my God, I don't think I ever uttered those words out of my mouth in the last 15 years. You know, we used to kind of let things cool down. Afterwards, they'd be like, hey, so, you know, now you've had a chance to think about your race. You know, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I did this, this, and that. Okay, what do you think you did wrong? Or what do you think went wrong? Or, you know, why didn't you get the goal that you that you thought you were going to get? And let it be a, a constructive conversation, not a destructive conversation. And I just do think a lot of a lot of parents want to live vicariously through through their children, and it's it's hard sometimes. You know, you get, you want so much for them, you want them to do so well, you want them to be successful that you get wrapped up in it yourself. Which I think, thank God, I had my own running because. You know, I'm, I'm sure it must be an easier trap if, if you're not competing in something yourself to, you know, your competition level becomes what your children are doing. That's a great point. And I really appreciate you saying all that. I think it touches on a lot of topics. Oh, no I think you also bring up, I think you bring, also bring up the point where, you know, it's, it's, 
it's not necessarily coming from a bad place sometimes for parents because they want the most for their kids, right? They want them to be happy. They want them to be successful. They want them to reach their goals. And sometimes it's easy to kind of fall into that morass with them instead of being, you know, kind of on the outside looking in instead of, you know, in the foxhole with them in that emotional, that emotional pitfall, I guess. Yep. I I agree. And and you know, it's funny, just a a quick story. I used to coach uh, Tollgate high school wrestling when I was, like, God, 22 years old. And we were coaching my old, I mean, we were uh, competing against my old school from Johnston. And my coach from when I was in high school was on the other side of the mat. And as a young kid, you know, you want, you want, and they're not even my kids. They were just my, my athletes. I wanted them to do so well that I would, you know, sit on the side of the mat and yell and scream and, you know, do this, do that. And, you know, in a constructive way, not yelling at them, but just trying to, yell to them and I would lose my voice after every match and my coach his name was Mr. Brumbaugh he'd come up to me afterwards and he said hey you know you guys did a great job today you did a young team and oh you know thank you my voice was all hoarse and he, he said oh you're losing your voice I said yeah it happens after every match he looks at me and he says you know you're not competing out there right and I said what do you mean he goes if you haven't taught it he said if you haven't taught it to them you can yell and scream all you want and it's it, it's too late you know, if you have to yell it to them while they're out there, it's too late. And it really hit home for me. And I think I kind of carried that through later on in life where, you know, this isn't about me. It's about, it's about you. It's about, it was about those athletes back then. It's, you know, about my friends or it's about my runners or if I'm running my own race, it's about me. It's not, you know, I, I can't, I can't project my race into somebody else or I can't live vicariously through somebody else's race. So I really tried to you know, incorporate that later on in life w- with my kids and not, not, not get too carried away, but we all have our moments. <laughs> well, Dave, David, I really appreciate you taking the time. This has been a fantastic conversation. I really do appreciate oh, it. Appreciate and it. Enjoyed it. before we get going, before we get going, I'd love to hear what's up next, right? You got a couple more months before the heavy winter sets in here in Rhode Island. What races you got coming up and what are you hoping to achieve? Yeah, well, I've been competing in the uh, the USATF Grand Prix series, so I've done every race so far in the series, and uh, I have to miss the CVS 5K, which would be another shot at breaking 17 that I'm not going to get. Um, but uh, we're moving, uh, like I said, we're moving DJ into into his dorm that weekend, so that's the one race in the series that uh, I'm going to miss. Um, then after that, there's the Lone Gull 10K. That's the and then the um, Bay State Marathon is the final race of the series. So that's really my focus race. I want to really try to get after, uh, you know, a PR there and try to get under 242 or maybe hit that mythical 239 for me. That'd be really sweet. Um, so those are the only two big races I got on my plate. But then, you know, we'll do, you know, at the end of this year, the uh, the Christmas run for Hope down in, in Newport's always a, a, a great race to go do. Well, I might jump in a 5K somewhere just as a, a little tune-up race or something before the marathon. Um, but uh, actually, now that I'm sitting here saying it too, Bob and I just talked about this over the weekend. We want to do a couple of the cross-country races at Franklin Park. So they got the Mayor's Cup and they got the Masters uh, National Championships. So I'll, I'll probably jump into one or both of those as well at some point. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot on your plate, that's for sure, between the local races and traveling out to see your son competing. Manageable uh, best of stress. luck with all of it. <laughs> well, best well, of luck you, with man. all of it. it. Hopefully it's all the manageable stress that you mentioned and not the uh, the burdensome stress. I hope so. All right. Well, thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Nice talking with you.